Hey everybody, this is Chad with I Want to Know, here with uh, a new friend of mine, Ryan McMahon, singer-songwriter from uh, Vancouver Island, uh, lives in Ladysmith, uh, born in Shemanis. Uh How's it going, Ryan? It's going really well, born in Shemanis. Good you, work. Did you like my uh, research that I did? Yeah. Yeah. I have family from Shemanis. Shemanis doesn't even have a hospital anymore. I'm so old. Oh, that's horrible. No, no more babies being born Born there. in a room. It's, uh, <laughs> it's like an artist town, right? Yeah, the yeah. murals. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. You know uh, any uh, Mackenzie's? Oh, do you know Bob from accounting in Toronto? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, no, I don't, <laughs> I don't think so. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so I met you through a girl I went to high school with, Kathleen, your wife. Yeah. And uh, I saw you in concert here in Calgary. I don't know, what did we figure out, six years ago? At like least that, ago, yeah, yeah. The uh, Blues Can in uh, Inglewood. Yeah, it was then. Then it was called the Ironwood before yeah, they moved Ironwood. down to the Gary Theater. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Ryan's a phenomenal singer songwriter, award winning. You've got three awards: best album of the year, best singer of the year, best vocalist year. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, they gave me some, like they were trophies, but they were like flat. Like they gave me some hardware, but you know what they were? What's that? They were. I mean, they were the Vancouver Island Music Awards. So let's not get too too <laughs> Juno-y about it, right? Okay. <laughs> um, but they were they were vases, like like you go to the dollar store, you know, <laughs> and they were like vases. Yeah. And they're but they were painted, so they were painted completely solid blue. Yeah. With gold speckles on them. Nice, like a twelve year old was doing an art project. So now I have three of those. Awesome. <laughs> you know, it uh, seems a little underwhelming. The way you describe it. Well, the best... <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm such an asshole. Uh, you had a long drive. You had a late night. You did a concert. No, no. I mean, it's, to- it's fine. I love I love that people... You know, you, you want people to love what you do. Um, and the best was like watching my mom. Like I, my parents came to the award show and everything. Yeah. And when my name kept getting announced, um, yeah, just seeing the look on her face was really cool. But I knew that in the grand scheme of things, like... Yeah. Those flower vases, you know, <laughs> won't get me into exclaim any faster. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's awesome. I thought I'd pump you up on the show and uh, I, I won't do that next time. I'll just say, hey, it's Ryan. Come listen to our podcast. Oh, no. I mean, yeah. Is I mean, hmm, what else? Okay. Now tell them, now tell them everybody that I've opened for ever. <laughs> there you go. Okay. But except I'm still just the opening act. That's the joke. Oh, we were talking about it in the kitchen about the the challenges of being uh, dads and husbands and and running careers and stuff like that. Yeah, and uh, you're talking about even before we started the podcast, just about you know having to be on social media all the time and that. So what's that like? How is it different being an artist than being a construction worker or being you know an office worker or, or whatever? Wow, what was the order of that? Um, yeah. How is it different? Yeah. Um, well, first, first and foremost, it would be the time away. Yeah, for um, sure. But I mean, you know, there's anytime I speak to any, I got friends that are like that come out here to you know Fort Mac and and uh, and and they you know they're gone away for actually actually in the grand scheme of things is more time than I'm away. Yeah. Um, and they're that's how they support their family. So I'm I'm like them. It's just that my tool belt's different. Right. You know, um, it's a guitar and a mic. That's right. And I, you know, I love, I do still love what I do. Um, it's my 20th year in music. Uh, and it's not getting old, it's just getting different. So, you know, as long as I have like that, the support of 
of a wife. And, and I mean, I think the kids get it, but I know like my, she's almost nine. Our youngest is almost nine. And I mean, she was, she was pissed when I left for this tour. I mean, and this is just a little baby tour. It's like 10, 11 days. Yeah. But, um, you know, I usually try and kind of keep a cap on it of 21 days. Yeah. Otherwise I'm starting to chew my right arm off, you know, just like, <laughs> cause I miss them. They're my favorite people. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, the biggest thing is, is just the time away. I think, I mean, the music I do for free, I get paid to drive around. Yeah. That's yeah. how I try and look at it. That's very cool. I, uh, I say that about my job too. I get paid to drive around cause that's mostly what I do is drive. We're professional drivers. Professional drivers. <laughs> I do, I do a little bit of sales between my driving, but, mm-hmm. uh, for the most part, I spend most of my time in a truck. So yeah. Yeah. Um, we're, uh, also talking about this, the, the joys of, of having kids that we don't see that in a lot of people, right? That like you said, they're your favorite people. If you have yep. to choose who you're going to hang out with, it's going to be your three kids and your wife and you're yeah. going to sit in your living room, your kitchen and, and do what your family does. We're like the cleavers at dinner time. Yeah. Uh, whenever extracurriculars aren't taking us over, um, because that's what kids get into. They, they do, they do things, Chad. It's a. Uh, it seems to be a never-ending uh, <laughs> cab ride. <laughs> yeah, that's all it is. Right. I, if I had the money, I'd hire a professional driver. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's fantastic. That's a great idea. <laughs> I know. Yeah, no money. Um, yeah, we. I mean, my favorite thing to do is have like a like a big old hearty meal around the table and and just learn about their days and and don't let them don't let those kids say it was good. It was okay. <laughs> I know. You know what I mean? Like, because that's what they'll give you, as you know. Yeah. Um, you got to pry. Like, well, what was your favorite part of the day? Yeah. Uh, what did you have for lunch? Oh, the, the lunch is a really good test because then, because if, if you're still making their lunches, yeah, you can test and see, you know, if they ate it or not. <laughs> exactly. And you can kind of like beat the grass to startle the snakes. Yeah. You can go like, "Hey, man, how was that? You know, uh, roast beef sandwich you had today? It was pretty good." <laughs> And then, and, and then you go, ha, it was ham on rye. That's right. You totally lied. You lie and sack it. Yeah. You know what I find challenging? And, and this is like, I think it's mostly women, but I don't want to put it all on women. But when you ask them how their day was and they're like, eh, but you knew there was something wrong. Like you can see it in their face and their eyes and they're like, oh, it's good. You know, no, expl- uh, what do you, you don't seem like you're good right now. Oh, it's fine. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong. I, I, um. Huh, I can't I can't say that because my wife is is um, very uh, no that's no that's not true I actually you know what that happened this morning on the phone <laughs> yeah because um, I phoned and I did what you're not supposed to do when you're away I said because um, I had I talked to Bella our youngest yeah. um, last night but I, it was very brief because I had to be on um, I, I had to go sing um, so I said um, Bell let's make a date I'll call you at eight thirty your time. In the morning. Yeah. So then 8.30 this morning, I phoned, but it was Kathleen that picked up. Yeah. My lovely, lovely wife. <laughs> and um, and I said, is Bella... Hey, honey, how's it going? Is, is Bella around? Yeah. Wait, you don't want to talk to me? Well, what do you mean? You don't want to talk to me? Fine. Okay. No, I'll go, go get her. Fine. <laughs> and then... So then I talked to Bella, and I'm like, the whole time, I'm just like, fuck. Okay. <laughs> So then, <laughs> did that all wrong? How do I fall, solve this problem? Yeah, so I had like lovely conversation with this beautiful little nine year old girl, and um, almost nine, and uh, and then I said, okay, can you put mom back on the phone? Oh yeah, sure. She gets mom back on the phone, and it's it's still she's like, so hey, what's going on? 
And I said, that's not how she talks at all. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just trying to be funny. I don't remember her from high school, but no. maybe she changed. No, I know. <laughs> Anytime I do an impression of her, it sounds like David Spade or something doing a yeah. girl's voice. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I said, hi, honey, how are you? And she's like, I'm fine. Oh. That's the worst two words. <laughs> so I go, I go. Hey, listen, because I'm, I'm home in I'm home in seven days. This is a, yeah. such a short tour. Um, and I said, well, no. How was your night? And no, no, no. And she just said three times. She's like, you're just calling to talk to the kids. <laughs> I go, okay. You know what? I gotta go see Chad Ferguson, this guy that you went to high school with, who you may or may not have a history with. Yeah. And uh, I, so I gotta go. I go. So and it's cool because just as I pulled up to your driveway. Um, she she sent me the happy text, yeah. which is and she's fine. She just needed a few minutes, yeah. <laughs> and it's tough because she's raising three kids uh, uh, when I'm away, you know. Right. And everybody's got places to be, and yeah. we have a house that kids come and hang at. Yeah, yeah. So like, there's other kids there, and she's like probably done like a fleet of waffles or pancakes for <laughs> for like six kids or some shit. Like, it's hard, yeah. and uh, so I you know I, I I get it, and and from afar I have patience, and I'm I'm grateful that. Um, you know, she, not only is she a supportive wife, but she's also in the music business. So mm-hmm. she knows, she knows the package. This is what, you know, this is what I've been doing for 20 years. So yeah, she's quite understanding, but every once in a while, she's a real woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that gets like, <laughs> bent uh, out of shape, you know? angry. And I get it. And sometimes I'm a real woman that gets, <laughs> I, I make the same sounds. Uh, I hate to admit that that's absolutely true. There's times when mm-hmm. just the big bitch in me comes out. And I remember complaining that my wife was giving too much affection to the dog and not enough to me. <laughs> that's literally a line in so many songs. Yeah. Like it's like she would cuddle with the dog and I'm like, why, why is she cuddling with the dog and not me? Like that was the bitch inside of me coming out going, I'm not getting enough uh, attention and the dog's getting more than me. And then she corrected me and it's all good now. And I stopped being a bitch for that. Do you remember the band Ween? Ween. Like Ween. It's just like, they're literally called Ween. <laughs> Trying and to wean you off the teeth? Like W, yeah, like, yeah. yeah same spelling, yeah. Uh, they they kind of played like psychedelic, trippy music, and okay. uh, they did a country album where they made fun of old country music. <laughs> yeah. Uh, called, I mean, there's songs like Japanese Cowboy was the single from it, I think. <laughs> but But there's another one, there's another song on that record called Piss Up a Rope. Okay. Which is, you know, so appropriate. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but but there's a line, that's the line in the song. Yeah. She's got time for the dog, but none <laughs> for her man. And that, that reminded um, me of that. Yeah. I'm looking that band up now when we get off. Uh, oh, man, they're, they're actually, I mean, they're... Is it like a Weird Al type, type of band? Like, they just do comical? No, they don't. I mean, I mean it ends up being com- comic because cause they, it's really kind of trippy music. Um I don't know if I can describe them. Uh, they're really silly, like in a way that Primus kind of maybe was, you know, okay, yeah. like Winona's Big Brown Beaver. Yeah, like those guys. Yeah, um, lyrical content. They like to have fun, more fun with it than yeah. than keep it like serious and about world <laughs> issues. They're gonna they write Japanese cowboy, <laughs> like a Japanese a cowboy. Really? Yeah, it's funny, man. That's like, hilarious. But they're not a Weird Al like. Okay, not dir- like directly funny like Weird Al is. They're, yeah. they're kind of like. They're weird. Look them up. <laughs> I will. Everyone, sure. look them up. Uh, so part of this is I want to know, right? This is the name of the podcast. I have a bunch of questions that will we'll, we'll 
insert in here as we're going along. I want to know what your your creative methods like um, to be able to to write a song and how often you put an album out and and uh, you know what's what's your challenge today. I think a lot of people think of artists kind of like as these flaky guys that every once in a while will <laughs> you know sit and oh I got an idea for a song and they bang it out and yeah. you know they they throw it on their laptop or whatever. But what's what's your creative style? What do you do? How do you create songs? Well, I'm all of those things. I am the flaky guy uh, <laughs> that demos on his laptop. And, um, and and the answer is how often... So I'm going to try and get to all those pieces yeah. um, and I, in the opposite direction that they came at sure. me. Uh, I put out an album whenever I can afford to. Yeah. Um, I write really prolifically, for better or for worse. Maybe I need to have a better quality filter, yeah. but I, I write a lot of songs. Awesome. Um, so I'm a solo guy, but I also I'm in this band called Lion Bear Fox that um, kind of is uh, infinitely more popular than I am. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been a little bit of a breadwinner around my house for a few years. Uh, we've been a band for six and a half years, and and we've had the, the good fortune of you know doing a bunch of festivals in the states and traveling overseas and playing. And we'll go back to Denmark and Germany this summer. And cool. It's like an updated Crosby, Stills, Nash for 2019, 2018, you know? Yeah. Um, so I kind of, uh, I, I, you know, I make, make, make records as, as they come. And, and um, sometimes, you know, you'll be in the shower or you'll be driving a long drive and, and ideas will come to you and I'll just kind of, you know, speak them into your phone and, and kind of come back to it later um, other times the best the best times my favorite times the best songs that I write generally happen between I don't know 6 a.m. and 9 a.m. in the morning really yeah that's when the the brain is really it's a mixture of like being on autopilot yeah and um, and also super fresh yeah you know just woke up had a yeah. good night's sleep yeah and- there's like there's no like 4 p.m. 5 p.m. lull yeah, that, that that hasn't taken over yet. All the few other artists I talk to, they're all night people. Like you, yeah. you hear a comics talk about it. I've got a friends, an actress, a playwright, uh, yeah. stuff like that, and they're all like, you know, when my day is done and you know all the chores are taken care of, I sit down on my computer ten o'clock, eleven o'clock at night, and I'll write for a few hours, and then you get to pluck a few things out of that. Yeah, I mean, it's not to say that I haven't done that before, but um, I think that. What, I, I just I like getting up super early, which is is rare for a guy in my vocation. I think. Yeah. Um, I get up super early before the kids do, and before anybody does. Um, and I feel like I'm in. You know, you look out o- over the town and stuff, and and um, I feel like I'm, I'm in on a secret that like nobody else knows about. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get your coffee, and I go down to my studio, and and uh, I mean it doesn't it doesn't happen every day. Um, sometimes I wait till the kids go to school, and the house is silent. I'll sit at the kitchen table. Our kitchen is is like a in like a great room, so it's got like nice big acoustics, right? Yeah. Um, so it, it's a it sounds good to sing in there. Yeah. And um, and b that just the silence it it uh, lends itself to um, whatever you can muster. Um, it's probably going to be pretty good. <laughs> and uh, I mean, and, and at my age right now too, I, I have a lot of things to say. Whereas, as like thir- thirty was no big deal, <laughs> right? But forty, there's something. I, I don't. I don't know if it happens for everybody, but I mean, I feel like I'm. I have a certain amount of time now. Yeah. 
to say all the things I'm going to say in a lifetime. <laughs> you come in, you can see the light at the end of the tunnel sort of thing. Yeah, and it's an oncoming train. Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so it's going to run us over eventually. Yeah. So I have this time to, to uh, create as much and as fast as I can. So it's a really prolific time right now. Um, I'm, so, I'm immensely proud of the new uh, album that's coming out on February 1st. Um, and I know you're, you know, I'm supposed to say that I'm proud of it. Yeah. But it really, I feel, is my best work. It's my most grown-up work. Um, and uh, how, how much do you yeah. feel like life experience makes you better? So, you know, like you said, when you're 20 or 30, you can do stuff and you think you're doing good mm-hmm. and you can be proud of it. But then 10 years later, you look back on it and you go, oh, that was shit compared to what I'm doing now. Like, I'm so much better. I'm so much more creative. I'm yeah. so much more focused. And I feel that the older I get, the more focused I get. Well, and the biggest reason, the biggest reason for me, I, I don't know about you, but like when I was 30, I really gave a shit what people thought. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that went away. All the fucks got burnt up. There's stuff Dude, I, I don't care at all anymore. Yeah. Like, I, 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 um, I care about being a good person. Yeah. Um, I want to be a better artist yeah. when, I'm, when I'm in my turn with, uh, in my cycle with the band, if the band's out on tour. I want to be a better bandmate. Yeah. I want to be a better friend. Yeah. Um, I care about that stuff. Right. But in terms of, like, do you like my art? Yeah. God. That's I, pretty low on the... To give a shit it's, a meter. it's never been the give a shit a meter. Yeah, I've, I just I, I could care less now. I, I see it in my kids. I you know I'll talk to them about what's going on in school, and they're like, "Oh, you can't say or do that because." And I'm like, "What? Yeah. Why, why can't you think the what you want to think or say what you want to say?" And, yeah. and it very much was me when I was younger. I was the opposite. When I was younger, I was angry all the time about everything. And now <laughs> so I. I'm now I'm just happy. Just, oh, I know. I'm happy about everything. I'm yeah. you know I have friends that are you know been through bitter divorces and yeah. and all that, and they're they're 45 and angry. I'm like, oh, what a waste! Like, no, you got to get do all the piss and vinegar out early, and now just sit back with a warm cup of coffee or tea. But that's choosing choosing your partner wisely too. A lot of yeah. people I know have had these practice marriages. Oh yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. they're just like a like a sort of like this is what marriage will be like. Yeah, um, <laughs> when I figure out how to do it properly. Jeb Fink, uh, he went through a, I think a pretty bitter divorce. He's a comic from Calgary here. Jeb Fink. Jeb Fink. He was part of our like what a great name. Yeah, it was. He uh, he was part of like the the morning show on TV and stuff like that. But he said oh. one of his bits was uh, he goes one thing I learned about being married the second time was my first wife was absolutely right. <laughs> He was the problem. Yeah. So he has so much to work on himself that he wrecked the first marriage. Yeah. And uh, I'm lucky I didn't meet my wife until I was 30, and I wasn't dumb enough to get married before that or have Me kids too. before that. Me too. So, I was 30 years old. Well, I, I mean, I was working with Kathleen yeah. um, on my career uh, very vehemently. Yeah. We were working all the time. <laughs> um, you know, we would work and, and then... Uh, and we, we would work on other things uh, with our clothes off. Um, that's terrible. Um, that's not hard work, though. Yeah, it is. Is it? Yeah, it's yeah. a challenge. She's, no, she's a real handful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, my, this is like my favorite interview ever. 30-year-old girls tend to be more of a handful than 20-year-old yeah, girls, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I, I say to everybody all the time, if I had got married or had kids in my 20s, I'd have wrecked them all. Like, there was nothing good coming out of me when I was 20. I would have... Oh yeah! Somehow emotionally wrecked those people, so I was lucky. I'm thirty. No yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, I'm 39. I'm, um, um, hmm. yeah, still, still a little bit of, of about me. Yeah, how, how how's what we're doing going to benefit me? <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I'm, but I come by it honestly now. Yeah. Whereas before, like I, I really was that that was my speed all the time. Yeah. And me, 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 me. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I mean, and, and, and you know what? In a way, unapologetically, isn't that what the 20s are for? I think it has to be. It's just like a grown up puberty. Right. You know, you got more hair on your chest, maybe. Yeah. But you're still just like dumb as shit. Your brain is still a baby. Yeah. Like there's nothing working. <laughs> properly i think yeah. your frontal cortex doesn't finish development until you're 25 <laughs> so you can't make good decisions so you're planning at 20 years old to make a decision for the rest of your life having kids getting married and your brain doesn't work yet why why are you why I are often, you doing that I, I question high school sweethearts <laughs> internally I, I don't i don't walk up i don't find high school sweethearts and go hmm yeah are you guys real yeah uh but i i, I think i think that when i see them yeah and i go man my, my kids aren't dating anybody yet right. that I know of, but you just know, like being 46 years old, whoever you're dating when you're 15, 16, 17, 18 years old, it's probably not going to be around for very long. So how much time do you put into, like my, my daughter's 14. Yeah. Uh, I'll put time into the boy. I'm not going to put a lot of effort into him <laughs> because I'm pretty sure you're just the practice like, oh, I don't like boys that do that. Right. <laughs> and then they're gone. Right, right, right. So you don't put a lot of time into it. So you shouldn't make any decision, any decision uh-huh. until you're after you're 25. I tell, I, well, certainly our oldest too, and eventually I'll tell Bella the same thing, that your 20s is for yourself. Yeah. Do, do whatever you want. Travel a lot and, yeah. and, you know, obviously, you know, be safe and, uh, <clears throat> you know. Don't get married. But don't get married. <laughs> don't get married? <laughs> no. Are you kidding? No, man. Me, uh, so we said earlier, I went to school with your wife, Kathleen, and we yeah. have uh, some friends we went to high school with, uh, Marla and Derek, and they were high school sweethearts. They started dating in grade Derek Brammel? Uh, Am I saying not, right? not Derek Brammel. Okay. Different Derek. Derek Ends. Um, this, is int- this is intriguing radio, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Talking about someone I knew 25 years yeah. ago. But anyways, they, they went to their, uh, they did it in high school, went to grad together. And then like four years ago, I found him on Facebook again, still married. They got married like two years out of high school. They've got like older kids. They're completely happy. They're healthy. Awesome. They're, they look awesome. It can work. That's like getting into the NHL, though. It's the 1%. <laughs> nobody, yeah. nobody makes that work, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like That's like winning the lottery. Yeah. I mean, uh, and I was, like in my case, I was always going to do this. Yeah. Right? Always going to sing, you mean? Yeah. yeah. I was going to do this career. Um, and that was going to mean travel, and that was going to mean time away, and that was going to mean even when I am home, sometimes my mind is away. Yeah. Um, and so I think that... Um, I was probably searching for 10 years for Kathleen. Yeah. Like someone that would put up with that. Yeah. Um, it takes a special lady to do that. Yeah. Yeah. How much do you think, so for me, um, spent my 20s dating and, you know, had some long-term, short-term relationships, just fun relationships. Yeah. But when I met my wife, she turned me into a better man. Like I it instantly, as soon as I started dating her, I started looking at everything in my life going, okay, I got to do this better. I got to do this better. I got to do this. Was, was there anything like that for you? No. Nothing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm as good as it's going to be. She's no. lucky to be with me. No, no, no. Um, uh, we were both, um, as we all are, I think, but to different degrees. Um, and I think if she was here, she would agree with me. 
Um, fuck, I hope so. <laughs> but um, you'll find out later. I will. I'll find out later when she listens to this. But yeah. I, I think that we were both actually really deeply flawed. Yeah. And uh, now, now this is this is where now we're in the trust tree, you and me. <laughs> okay. This is where we're in, we're truth, truth, just we're truthing us. in here. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, she and I almost divorced. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, a couple of years ago. Um, but the interesting thing is, is that of all of the people, and I travel a whole bunch, and actually so does she more and more too, as, as she um, gets busier and more successful in this racket of ours. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never met anybody I just like as much as her though, Yeah. despite how, how kind of gnarly it got for, for about, probably about two years. Th- you know, so when we decided, we took a little bit of time apart very quietly. Yeah. You know, a lot of our friends didn't even know. Yeah. Uh, when we decided to keep fighting for it, for us, yeah. and to keep working on it, um, that was when. So, like, initially, when I, it wasn't like I met her and, like, ah, <laughs> you know, like I'm like all of a sudden. Angels I'm, come down. No, no, no. I was still broken. a. Yeah. I was still a shit guy. Yeah. I kind of was. Yeah. Um, and so, um, and, you know, and, and she had some things to, to work on too. And and you're still working on them now, of course. Yeah. Every day. But um, there was, there was a, there was something very pivotal when we did sit down and go, why are we here? How can we fix it? What do you need? Yeah. What can I do? Right. And then that's when I was like, okay, well now. Now I got a man up. Now, now in certain, certain respects for sure. Yeah. Um, certainly like I'm, I, I know that I'm like fatherhood. I'm way more attentive to our kids now than I, than I was five years ago. Yeah. Um, so I mean, and, and that our generation, we give up, we give up so easy. Like if you have a couple of, uh, bumps, you know, and, and a couple of, uh, even rough years in a marriage, people just go, fuck it. And they just, they're done. They just, okay, I'm going to, I'm moving on then, you know, I don't Sell the think, house. I don't think people know how to fix things. So you come to a wall right. where like there's things going wrong and you don't have a system or a program or a, b- a belief on how to solve things, right? So yeah. everyone's like, oh, you know, you should work on your marriage. Well, what does that mean? That That's a really, really big statement. And yeah. if you boil it down to uh, a few statements, uh, that you'll have to boil it down even more just for you, right? That it can't be, I'm just going to work on my marriage because what you do to work on your marriage is going to be completely different than what I do to work on my marriage, right? Yeah, some people have like a major aversion to counseling and stuff too. I mean, we yeah. we didn't do that. We kind of, I don't know what the terminology, I mean, we self-helped it ourselves, but yeah. I mean... Um, that's awesome. Uh, but that's not going to work for everybody. I think counseling right. counseling I used to, because like I'm a, my dad's like a longshoreman, his dad was a longshoreman, yeah, I'm like I come from like it's weird because I emote every night. Yeah, and you know I write songs about my feelings. Yeah, uh, but but I'm also <laughs> but I also am cut from a cloth that says don't fucking talk about those feelings. Right. The picture um, I got in my head right away was Zoolander. Remember his dad worked in a mine and yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're not z- quite that redneck, <laughs> but like okay. yeah, yeah, um, uh, yeah. So I think that. Um, I think that everybody should maybe no fuck that's preachy. Never mind. No, <laughs> don't do no, what you did. No, no. Everybody, everybody, you guys do you. Right. I'm, I'm just telling you what worked for me. Yeah. I'm glad we fought for it, and, and we're better for it today. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, 
I did a course, sort of did a course. We were working with a company called Camp Praxis where they help uh, first responders and soldiers getting over PTSD and, and traumatic brain injury. So they invited me out and I, and I got to sit through the whole thing. And they have three golden rules for every relationship. Um, and it, they, they describe it like looking through a scope of the gun. So you got far left, you got far right, and then you got dead center bullseye. So far left is no walkaways. So don't do what guys do and tune out and walk out of the room. Yeah. You're going to sit there and you're going to listen and intently listen. Um, if you're too angry or whatever, then you schedule a time to intently listen. And then on the far right side is no power plays, which is something the guys do quite often. Like, hey, I'm the boss, I'm the man, you listen <laughs> to me, right? This is, you know, right. we, we do it sort of subconsciously a lot of times that we, 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 uh, put our power out there without realizing that that's what we're doing to somebody. And then the very, very center is no blame, uh, which is so important because when there's no blame, no saying it's your wife's fault or your wife's saying it's your fault or you say it's the kid's fault, there's no blame at all. So it turns out to be you two against whatever problem it is. And now you got two people overcoming it. So that's kind of their yep. basis for the rules. And I'm like, they should be teaching this. I was going to say, I've said high school and now after our talk, about how dumb we are in our 20s. Yeah. Maybe this is something that you mandatorily have to learn when you're like 26 or 27 years old and you kind of piece it together. And when you're 30, you meet the right girl and then you can be good at, at communicating and having a good relationship. Yeah, I think it's a good analogy for any age. Yeah, I, I haven't heard that. Yeah, And... Um Thanks. I'm putting that in my pocket, Chad. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Maybe be on the next album. You can write a song around that. The chorus will be bullseye. <laughs> there you go. Right? <laughs> I'm so looking forward to that Let's song. Let's fight this one together. <laughs> Why is it? <laughs> That's like a bad 80s rock. It is a bad 80s rock song. That's what it is. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I spit my tea out. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I'm off topic now. Okay. I'm going to ask you another question about the music industry. So All right. a, a lot of people are under like a label. You're, you're not under a label, are you? I own my own label. Awesome. Yeah. Do you have any other artists under your label? Yes. The Lion Bear, the Fox, you. Yeah, Lion Bear, Fox, um, myself. Yeah. And uh, well, I, I don't know if we even were even like talking about it. There's a great songwriter on Vancouver Island uh, who also happens to be the bass, bassist of my uh, solo project, Mr. Lance LaPointe. Cool. Um, the guy is infectiously funny. Yeah. He's um, definitely cut from the same cloth as me. And uh, I've been a, a fan of his writing for years from afar. Yeah. And so he's our newest artist. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're not like some big juggernaut. It's a little mom pa shop, yeah. which is, you know, it, the state of the new, quote unquote, like new industry, yeah. that is, that's how artists, like mid-level artists like myself survive. Right. Own all your own masters. Be your own boss. Yeah. Uh, you're booking half. I mean, I have an agent, but I'm still booking like half of my shows myself. Um, so my, you know, my hands are are in kind of all aspects of my own business, and I always know what's going on at all times. And that's good advice for any young artist. I think just um, it's going to be. It sounds very kind of um, soup of the day to say, you know, yeah, I'm DIY man. <laughs> Do it yourself, right? <laughs> yeah. But really, you need to do it every like you have to hustle every single day. If if this is if this is your passion, you better love it because yeah. it's never been it's never been easier in some respects to connect with fans technology right. wise. Right. You don't rely on a big corporation to put your name on a billboard. Sure. And to phone everybody for you, and but on the other hand, because of that same technology, 
you're also making less money off your product. Right. So I'm trying to remember what artist was, he was recently on another podcast talking about it and they were talking about their iTunes account. So they had sold, I think a million. Danny Michelle. Was it? Yeah. And they made Spotify like though. eight grand or something like yep. that. Like yep. it's, it's jack for all the work that, that gets put out and you know, the creativity and like, it's not like artists are making billions of dollars. And he, year. and the guy's a Canadian treasure. Yeah. Danny Michelle, he's so talented. And I've, I mean, I got a couple of his records and he's a, he, he's, you know, he's an influence on me. And so when he's, you know, when he does a post or speaks, I mean, we listen yeah. Um, guys like me, and uh, so yeah, he posted that, and I mean, uh, I think it went up on a Monday or something, and it was fucking depressing. It was terrible, <laughs> oh. you know. I I read it, I read it like four times, and I'm like, but yeah, that's how I feel too, right? I mean, yeah. that's why. I mean, hmm. I think a lot of it is because uh, Danny's like in his probably late forties, you know, early fifties. I'm not sure exactly, but um, and I've never met him, but but um. He's of that of that ilk that like he's like me. We've been doing it twenty twenty five years, got kind of guy. And there's a lot of punches now, a lot of changes that you kind of got to roll with and keep up and keep swimming. Otherwise, you become obsolete. Right. Um, and so, I mean, I've learned. I remember even there was like two years where I mean, Instagram's already old school. I know. We've already moved on to Snapchat. Yeah. But for two years, I was like, uh, uh-uh, uh, I'm only going to tweet <laughs> and I'm only going to Facebook, and that's it, right? Yeah. And. That's ridiculous. And finally, I don't know one. I don't know why. I can't. I I believe it was a Thursday. You know. I mean, I don't know when I woke up to it, but I woke up and I'm like, you get the story mode, and you can share so much more with the people that follow you. Yeah. Instagram's awesome. Yeah. And eventually, one day, I'll become woke to Snapchat. I guess. I yeah. don't know. I haven't gotten the Snapchat yet. I'm working on understanding Instagram and. What's the best way to, what's the best hashtags and how do you reach the most <laughs> amount of people? Hmm. Well, I can help. You know, awesome. I'm, we'll no, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm absolutely no expert. I mean. Well, I think it changes so fast. No one is. Uh, one yeah. of the ladies I did, uh, she owns a dispensary here in town, uh, Ashley Newman. She's got um, one of the top Instagram accounts for Calgary and Alberta. She's got like a hundred thousand followers. Yeah. Super cute lady, super driven, hardworking lady, but she's got a lot of followers and she's kind of like, yeah, I don't really like no good advice on how I got there. No, I think it's mostly on her luck. She's a very, very beautiful woman. And so that helps get a lot, a lot of followers, right? I'm not a beautiful woman. <laughs> I'm not. No. I, I think in the scheme of things, I'm not beautiful enough to be on Instagram or to have my face on Instagram all that often. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to agree with you because <laughs> I really appreciate you having me in, but um, no, you're a handsome guy. I don't well, even like guys. Yeah. You're, you're a good looking chap. Thank you. Yeah. I thought you were a Zoolander beautiful too. Which one? Um, one. Like which, like Owen Owen Wilson or, no, ben, or ben Stiller? Ben Stiller, Ben Stiller. I'm more Ben. I think so. No, you think you're an Owen? Your yeah. nose is really straight. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I've never been in any fights. Um, okay, I mean, I'll take it. All okay, right. okay, cool. Sure. Yeah. He's a very beautiful man, Benny. Yeah, you know, he's he is um, um, uh, uh, very surprisingly super jacked. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. he's he you, you know. have to be if you work in Hollywood, don't you? Like you can't be a fat guy in Hollywood and expect to make millions of dollars. I kind of have the body of Harry Dean Stanton. 
I don't know who Harry Dean Stanton is. Oh man, I, I hope whoever's <laughs> listening. Really, no, no, I mean he's like For a character. He's well, number one, he's dead. Oh, okay. Um, so, <laughs> the, he, but he was like pickled. He drank a lot, oh, and okay. um, he was a character actor. Um, I'm, I know somebody listening to this will know who oh, Harry Dean is. Stanton is, and if not, Google him because he's like. And as soon as you see him, you'd be like, "Oh fuck, that guy." Okay. Um, yeah, that's sort of what I'm working on here. Mm. Kind of like I'm a skinny guy, but I have a little bit of a. Oh man, I'm painting such a beautiful picture the for the ladies belly out there. setting in. Just a little bit of one, but yeah. I'm I'm I do the walk run. Okay, you know, like I walk a bit. Yeah, and then I run for a bit until I hate myself, <laughs> and then I walk some more. Yeah. Um, and and uh, you know what I find? I know we're joking around a little bit right now, <laughs> but but like I find that, and I didn't do exercise because there's so much sitting. I'm sitting in the van. I'm sitting in the studio. I'm sitting waiting to go on stage. Yeah. And uh, and it's no good. It's no, no good. And, and sitting is the new smoking. It is. That's right. right. And yeah. I and I don't smoke either. Yeah. So I'm. That's you know, good. Winning. Yeah. <laughs> Do people still say winning? <laughs> I don't know. Charlie Sheen. Sure. Um, <laughs> but like, uh, yeah. So that's I find I find that for this one hashtag Charlie Sheen okay. winning. Yeah. Winning. He was. I, I kind of went through a phase <laughs> in my house, eh? Like when he when he came out, yeah. When he was kind of weird there for like a year, yeah. And then I would do it, and it just drove my kids crazy. <laughs> They're, they're like, pour- is that a goal as a dad to drive <laughs> your kids as nuts as possible? Ooh, a little bit. Like they yeah. pour a bowl of cereal and a couple like of flakes of get on the floor, and I'd be like, winning, <laughs> right? And they'd be like, shut up, dad. It's not funny anymore. No, it's not. No, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna take it back home with me now that you brought it back. Let's bring Charlie Sheen back. Guys, I uh, I'm very competitive. So what I do to my kids if I beat them at something, I jump up, I yell, I'm like, I'm the champion. You're a loser, and I get in their face. That's- that'd be that'd be funny. That'd be funny if you just said. I do that when I beat them. Oh, well, <laughs> that would be funnier. And then you say that after. standing over top of this bloody beaten kid. I'm like, I'm the champion. Yeah, we Man. don't. I don't beat my kids. Well, this is my new favorite thing. Okay, I, I gotta say, I, I know we're, we're, there's more to talk about. Yeah, but this is like this how to is, torture your kids. No, no podcasts. Oh, podcasts. Yeah, yeah I get to be silly and goofy and. Oh, I'll tell you, this has been a life changer for me. So we can talk about podcasts for a bit. The I sure. decided to do this two years ago. Okay. I'm like, I really want to do this. I, I think, you know, I did drama in high school and I thought about acting and, and uh, that kind of stuff and it never panned out. But I wanted to do something that I could be creative and, you know, be myself and try something new. Two years until I got the balls to, to actually do it. Yeah. A friend of mine called me out and I'm like, okay, I got the equipment. I'm just going to sit up and do it. But it's been amazing. The people I met, the stuff that I've learned, yeah. um, you know, the friendships that have grown out of this has been outstanding. Like I absolutely love it. This is, I suggest everyone starts a podcast, even if you don't make money out of it, sure. you don't, whatever, that uh, it is so much fun to have a real conversation with somebody. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's not like, um, oftentimes I'll, you know, you're in a market, you're in a town or whatever, and you got a show that night, and then you run into a radio station. Uh, They ask you three questions, and you play a song, and then then you're gone. Right. You know, this isn't... They don't know Ryan. Not really. They'll... Hey, this is Ted. We're doing the drive time here at uh, KXPX, and uh, we got Ryan McMahon in here. He's going to play a little song for us, and goodbye. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's really intense. What town are you going to next, and what's your favorite color? Uh... (laughs) Yeah. Maybe not that bad. Maybe. I mean, well, <laughs> I mean, a bad interview is, you know what? I, I, I got to say, I've had the good fortune of, of being, anybody who's chatted with me recently has been awesome. I'm on a, I'm on a roll. Um, and I didn't used to like interviews. I used to really get like uh, nervous, you yeah. know, um, because there, there's always that little, you know, I don't know. I think for everybody when they're doing something 
creative and they're putting themselves out there in some kind of fashion. Yeah. I think there's a little bit of a the little guy on the shoulder that that, that goes, "You're no good. Right. Nobody likes you. <laughs> you have Harry Dean Stanton's body." You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> there's a guy telling you that you're shitty, right? And and sometimes that'll happen on stage. You know, Ooh. when you least expect it. And you just got to push him away, right? Yeah. Um, and so, but oftentimes I would find that that would happen to me in interviews. Yeah. No, no you're not interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody cares what you think. Uh, and it's just ridiculous. Yeah. You know. I, I, we talked about this a little bit earlier about not caring so much, not giving a shit what other yeah. people think anymore, yeah. right? I think that guy's important for us because I get that guy. Like, oh, I didn't, I wasn't a good dad in that situation, or yeah. I wasn't a good husband, or I wasn't a good you. friend, right? And that drives you the next thing. So you're on stage, you're singing away, and yeah. you're like, you know, you blew that song. Now it sticks in your back of your head. Like, how am I going to do that a little bit better? How am yeah. I going to make sure that, you know, that note comes out properly, or I don't miss that key on the drum, on the, on the key on the drums. That's stupid. The key on the guitar, right? Sure. Whatever it is, you just, that, that you should have that voice. I, people have heard me say, I get nervous before a podcast and literally by the time the introduction is done, I'm gone. I'm comfortable. Yep. I'm ready to roll. But my heart is pounding out of my chest because I want to do things well. I want people to be impressed with me. Yeah. And then for me, it's the first song of the night. Yeah. Because it kind of sets the tone, right? Right. But I find that um, I close my eyes okay. during the first song. Yeah. I'm kind of giving away the secret. Like if somebody sees me in, on stage now yeah. and, my, and they see me like my eyes closed, they're going to be like, he's nervous. <laughs> He's super nervous. He's shooting bricks. Um, I, I'll suggest everyone just call you out then. Just yell and riddle the first song. Yeah, saying, Ryan, hey, Ryan, are you nervous? Relax. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So I, I kind of, once I get through the first tune, I'm the same way. Yeah. And then the show is, the car's running. You know, it's defrosted. <laughs> it's bad. And now Chuck we're. Chuck the guitar in and run. Yeah. Yeah. So you do something that I don't know that a lot of artists do. I had never heard of it before you, where you do these. Um, House concerts, home concerts. In my own home. Yeah. Yeah, we but do. You do them as you're touring around too, right? Oh, yeah. Sorry. I'm like, <laughs> do you mean I host them? I, well, I, n- not only do I... I want you to talk about both. Sure, I will. The song shelter is what it's called at your home, right? Yeah, the, like I call, I call actually my whole house the song shelter. Awesome. Like, uh, hey, how's it going? He's coming down to take photos. Oh, sweet. He was trying to be inconspicuous. What's your you name, man? Eric? Nice to meet you. I'm Ryan. Um, so everyone knows my son, my family's in the house. My son's just coming down. I asked him to take photos for us. So yeah, that's because right I buddy. never remember. Um, uh, house concerts. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I play probably between 60 and 75 a year. At your home? No. Oh, the outside one. Or the yeah. other when, w- when I'm working. <laughs> we'll get on the same page here. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then, and then sort of, uh, I would say probably we host about five a year at my house. Cool. Yeah, because it, I got to be there for it, and yeah. I'm gone a lot. Right. Um, so I mean, in my own home, we've hosted um, such Canadian no- notables as uh, uh, the great Jeremy Fisher and Craig Cardiff and Neil Osborne from Fifty Four Forty, Tom Wilson, uh, who's my like love the guy, like I idolize him. Maybe yeah. too, maybe too much. Okay. He's like a best selling author now. A bromance. Oh, he's just so cool, man. Yeah. Tom, you know Tom Wilson from Junk House? Remember Junk House in the, from the 90s? I remember that, that name. I was really drunk when I was younger, so a lot of these oh. bands don't stick well with me. But he, Sonny, he, your dad was drunk when he was younger. 
He's, he, you know what? He's dying. <laughs> he, he's like, I've never seen my dad drunk. And so oh. I, I don't like get drunk drunk. I'll have a couple of drinks or whatever. Yeah. But he's like, I'm dying to see dad like fall down drunk. Legitimately falling down the stairs. Yeah, that's what he wants to see. And my wife pulls out an old album and there's a picture of me the night I got home from my bachelor's party with my <laughs> And I am a drunken mess. Really? And he pissed himself laughing for, I don't know, an hour. Well... Um, I've seen my father drunk and, uh, hmm. It's less than inspirational to see your dad drunk. My dad stuck up for me in a bar once. Really? Uh, and I had to, I had to, yeah, we can, we don't have to do that. Let's hear about the, the, the song house, shelter. The, the song shelter, the, right, the, yeah. The house parties. Yeah, so I mean, concerts. we, we, uh, basically it's, uh, you know, you get, you get a minimum 30 people into a room yeah. uh, that are interested in taking the journey and uh, listening to the stories. They're not going to chit-chat through the whole show. Um, they pay 20 25 bucks, 30 bucks, somewhere in that frame. Yeah. Um, and the artist plays uh, two sets with a break in the middle nice. so we can all uh, buy compact discs and have pie. <laughs> and and uh, it's, it's, some of them are the... When they're done right... Like really, really right. Like last night was a great one in town here. Yeah. Um, when they're done right, they're they're some of the best shows I've ever played. I mean, I love playing big festivals and big theaters and stuff. Well, you know, eight hundred thousand people. That's great. Uh, you know, I love doing that. Yeah. But I also love like an intimate room where you can, you know, make eye contact. Once I open my eyes, <laughs> uh, and you can make eye contact with these people and and uh, in in some cases make friends for life. Yeah. Much like you're describing about the people that you've met. Through the, the through the podcast. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's why I kind of do them. I mean, if you're already in the area and you're doing, like, say, we're in Calgary, so I got the Ironwood on, on Thursday, but you want to stay an extra day, reach out to your fan base and maybe they'll host you. And, yeah. and you know, you can make another, you know, thousand bucks, keeps you on the road. Yeah. Um, they'll they'll feed you, they'll drink you, um, <laughs> and, uh, and and you can sleep there and, and then you're on to the next thing. So I just thought it was awesome. They're cool. They're yeah. fun to play. I don't have 25 friends. Otherwise, I'd have a concert here next time you're in town. <laughs> and maybe I'll arrange that. I'll try to figure that well, out. Well, I'm desperate. Do you have five friends? <laughs> I'll come and play for the uh, six. It works out to $75 a piece. Is that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're going to have to raise ticket prices for sure. Exactly. Yeah, uh, no that that to me was was very cool when I, when I heard that you did that because I'd never heard of artists doing that before. Oh, we all do it. Really? Got, yeah, especially especially like, um, well, I mean, you know, like he, actually huge artists do it. I mean, uh, that that you'd maybe be surprised, you know. Okay. Um, one of our one of our friends we don't see often enough is you remember Holly McNarland? Yeah, yeah, she played our house. Okay, and I mean, you know, I'm sitting in my favorite chair in my house and Holly McNarland's playing my living room mm. in front of like all my closest friends. Yeah. And I closed my eyes for a second and the last time I had seen her was she was, you know, opening for the Foo Fighters at Edgefest in 1998. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you would have told me that, you know, this gal who's on the bill with Green Day and the, and the Foo Fighters and the Tea Party and whatnot, that she'd be playing my living room in, in, uh, I don't know, 17, 18 years, yeah. I, I'd say you're crazy. So, I mean, we, it's a real, uh, we're, we feel really blessed to know some of these folks. And and it's cool because a lot of the, the, those lifers that have been in the business 20, 30 years, I can, um, you know, sometimes not so conspicuously pick their brain. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, I learn a lot from them. Is there a lot of that in the music industry? Like comics talk about it at length on how they're very helpful to each other. They're doing everything to guide each other, lift each other up, yeah. sell each other. Do you do you see that in the music industry too? I see both. I see um, um, competition, which is silly. Yeah. And then I also see like one of my favorites from this province is a guy named Leroy Stagger. Okay. Uh, he's he lives in Lethbridge and has a studio down there, and he's a singer songwriter, kind of cut from the Bob Dylan, Steve Earle cloth. Cool. Um, uh, which which these days is an uphill battle. Yeah. You know, he he doesn't he does what he wants, right? And he's truly authentic, and I think that uh, yeah, he's a guy I definitely look up to for sure. Um, and uh, how do we get on him? I kind of we're just talking about mentorship within yeah the, like, yeah so he's like yeah so he's one of those guys that that you can you can really sit down and talk with and go you know how are you doing what's yeah. working for you what's not working for you yeah and um, are you doing Snapchat yet <laughs> <laughs> right yeah so I mean more often than not people are really kind yeah and I think because because you know to do this job I think that you know they they know the struggle themselves right and it makes you feel good to you know. It's like the old bee girl in the Blind Melon video. Remember? I don't think I no? see No bee. rain seed. Now I'm really dating myself. <laughs> this stupid Ryan. Idiot. And I'm older than you are, so. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, like in the video, it's like a bee girl. She's dressed in like a little bee costume, and she's okay. kind of chubby and stuff, and she's like kind of ostracized from, from like... Uh, ostracized from uh from you know the, the cool kids and stuff mm-hmm. and then finally at the end of the video you know these these gates open up and she runs out into the field and the field's full of other bee people you know <laughs> that's sweet and that's what yeah that's what i mean is like that you just you know musicians are all kind of one tribe and and no matter where what kind of success level we're, we're at yeah I, I always find that like um kind of the biggest excuse, excuse the parlance of it but like the biggest dicks that I've met in the music industry are are always guys too, but like guys that like um, they're trying to prove something. Yeah, people that are legitimately happy about where they're at, right? Whether they're you know mid level artist or just starting out, or or even really kind of you know notable famous types. Yeah, those guys are like the nicest. Yeah, like last year I opened for Burton Cummings in Nanaimo. And Burton was just like so gracious backstage and all his team and his crew were great. You know, yeah. guys that don't have anything to prove that are comfortable in their own skin. Yeah. Those, those guys are helpful. No insecurities, right? No. Just like, this is what I do. I'm good at it. You yeah. know, I'm working on this and yeah. yeah, then those people are usually the nice people. And it's true in everywhere though, right? As soon as someone has a lot of insecurities, they're just not fun to be around. Yeah. <laughs> right? I did a tour with a, a guy like that once. A whole tour? How yep. many dates? Uh, 32. You can call him out? Nope. No. <laughs> Good. No fucking way, man. No, nope. I never call anybody out. Nope. Uh, they know who they are. So I want... <laughs> <laughs> so weird. I, uh, I was thinking about when you were talking about doing like the, the living room concerts and doing the large concerts, do you play differently? Like how do you, how do you, do you sing differently? Do you, do you have a different plan? Like comics talk about the way you... Uh, let the jokes out, like the speed of the jokes, and all that change yeah. when you're and you're a funny guy, but you're not a comic. And music is maybe a little bit different, but you wouldn't do every song the exact same in every venue. Uh, no, um, hmm. the songs actually don't change that much. Yeah, but the best part of playing intimate spaces is I can give the people a little bit more um, background. Yeah, 
behind where the song came, how the song came to be. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot more uh, chit chat. Intimate shows are often a lot funnier. Yeah. Like I, I do love making people laugh just as much as I love um, moving them through music. Right. Um, I just, that's my personality. I love yeah. perform, performing, you know. Um, yeah. And when you're in bigger spaces and stuff, it, 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 um, hmm. It's kind of like, hello, Calgary. It's and then you roar. Yeah. And, and well, or oftentimes. <laughs> Hello, and then like one guy is going. Yeah, it depends. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, I, you know, I, I can't give them. I can't give the listener, the audience member, that much of a background behind it. Sometimes um, in a bigger uh, space. Yeah, and uh, which is actually kind of sad. Yeah. Um, so that, and that is why I, those house concerts sometimes, or or even public small listening rooms that hold like 50, 60 people. That's my bag, man. I love it. And I even if even if things drastically changed. Which I mean, come on! I'm almost forty years old. I'm not. I'm the pop star wagon has passed me by. Yeah, but are you sure? That's like that's the story you hear. Like people say, um, right. "Oh, so and so is an overnight success." No, <laughs> they've been working on it for fifteen years, and then they got their break, right? Yeah, I mean, it, there's some cases like one of my heroes is Lucinda Williams. Mm-hmm. I mean, and she didn't really, really take off. Um, I mean, even take like take off. I don't know. I don't even know what that means. I think everyone looks at it financially, right? Financially, sure. Okay, so she started playing bigger places and getting, getting, uh, you know, her her stuff sorted out. Probably, you know, when she was like forty, forty five, fifty. Yeah, you know, and that that's that's the that's where I'm heading into, right? So, well, and, and do you want to do the saddle dome? Like, do you want to play in front of fifty thousand people? Right? Some artists just don't see a value in doing that. Um, it doesn't really matter much to me. No, I really like doing folk festivals yeah. in front of a few thousand. That's yeah. great um, because uh, you know often there's these like side stages at some of them, and you'll you'll play like a couple of small side stages in front of maybe two, three, four hundred. Yeah, and then later on in the weekend you'll get up on the main stage, and you've built up a buzz over that weekend. Cool, and then they're they're like, let's go see him on the you know on the on the main stage. Yeah, um, so I like that because um, because. Because I like it, and uh, <laughs> yeah, and I think that um, I don't know. I yeah, I like at the end of the day, I like working. Yeah, and sometimes you're playing like a cafe. Yeah, and sometimes it's a festival, and sometimes it's somebody's living room. I just like working, and if the vibe is good, the money. I mean, the money has to. I have to. I have to meet a bottom line. Right, but it's it's really quite secondary. Yeah, you know. Um, Yes, I have to have a reason to roll out of bed and leave the house and leave my family behind. Yeah. But um, I'll play anywhere, man. That's awesome. Yeah. So do you have aspirations of, you know, I guess making it to the big time to, you know, you have songs on the radio that would dictate success. You have followers. You have concerts that you do. Do you you want to get into like doing stadiums? Like are are you, do you have a goal, I guess, set ahead of you? No. No, and I mean, and and uh, yeah, me saying no would like probably raise red flags for any any like uh, promoter, any big promoter wanting to hire me. You know, <laughs> like what do you mean you don't want that? But like, yeah, I, not really. I mean, yeah. like like uh, in Vancouver, we got this room called the Commodore, and yeah. it, it holds a thousand people. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's perfect. Like if I could if I could go to the Commodore and play a sold out room at the Commodore, that's I'd way rather do that than. Uh, 
GM Place, or, or Ro- I'm sorry, Rogers Arena. Is that what it's called now? That's what it's called now. <laughs> Whatever. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I want as many ears as possible. And certainly, like, if I was to, you know, if somebody, uh, I don't know, if someone who I admired, especially, that's the other thing. I, I want to play alongside artists I care about. Yeah. Um, if they they were to be like, yeah, man, come out, come out on tour and, and open these shows. Um, like if, the, if if like Mick and Keith just like <laughs> found me up and they're like, yeah, man, like you need uh, to come open for us across Canada. I'd be like, of course, man, I'll be right over. Right. Um, but that would be a whole nother thing for me. I've never done stadiums before. Yeah. That'd um, be crazy. Yeah. I mean, I'd say, I say yes to most things, Chad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're not going to turn down the offer. No, no. Yeah. I, the only reason I was asking is that like I'm, I wasn't very goal oriented when I was younger. Now that I'm older, I'm very goal oriented. Like I have yeah. so many things planned out, and we're going after all these different um, uh, things in our lives to to change and make them better. And I found that I got nothing when I planned for nothing. And as soon as I started planning for something, you just you eventually got there. Like you can you can have those goals and sure. you listen to Tony Robbins or um, Jordan Peter, right? These all these people that try to pump you up but it really boils down to is like what are you trying to get out of life sure and uh it's okay not to want to play stadiums or like there's even podcasters that are now doing stadiums right they literally Mm -hmm. sit down with their guests on a stage in front of twenty thousand people and they do a podcast that's what people want to see and to me i'm like i don't want to do that i don't want to do that yet i mean i'm goal uh me saying that i don't want to play the saddle dome doesn't mean i'm not goal oriented right um I do know where I'm headed. Awesome. Um, and for me, it starts with the creative. Yeah. Like, what kind of records am I going to make? And I'm going to try and I'm going to try to be. And I've used the word a few times today, but I'm going to try to be very prolific over the next few years. Um, like, I've already I'm already starting to write for the next record. My and this one's not even hasn't even have any. Yes, yeah, not officially out till the first of February. So um, I am I am creating I'm creating the music that I want to create. Yeah. I have assembled, like, Lion Bear Fox is still a thing. Yeah. And I know, and it's funny because people, when I'm on a solo tour, they're like, is everything okay? <laughs> like, everything's fine. Everything's okay. I still like them. We're, I like the guys. The guys like me. We're just taking a little bit of a break. Yeah. We toured really hard for six and a half years. Yeah. Um, so we're taking a break, but I don't take breaks. Yeah. Not well, anyway. I take off every single December. Okay. And I do very little. Yeah. I'll do a little bit of social media stuff. But I mean, I, that's for my family. Yeah. I Christmas really, really hard. Yeah. Um, so what I've done is I've assembled a bunch of amazing players in my solo band. Yeah. And we're going to come back out and we'll probably hit the Ironwood because the Ironwood's amazing. Yeah. It's a perfect venue for the type of music I play. I get treated really well there. Cool. Um, and uh, these guys that I've hired, they're, they're all like lifers. They're all a little bit older than me. Yeah. I mean, like Joel, my keyboardist, is um, he's like in his 60s. He was completely a wild man for years and years and years until it almost killed him. Wow. Um, and now he's completely sober and like goes on rafting trips in the Yukon. He's like totally reinvented himself, <laughs> yeah. which is, to, which is uh, so inspiring. You could do it at any age. Uh, you can, yeah, you can do a complete 180. Memory. Yeah. I'm like, Ding. I'm like, sorry guys, sorry. <laughs> I just punched a thing. Yeah, it's all good. The Italian, the hands, the Italian <laughs> in me is starting to, to kind of come out. Um, but yeah, Joel's amazing. He plays keys like like none other, and and um, 
and incidentally, it's really cool to have him in my band because he gave me my first gig at the Queens in Nanaimo. Oh wow! When I was a kid, I was like eighteen. Yeah, and um, let you get on stage and yeah, and, and let me get up there and be terrible and yeah. that whole community was like super. Talk about like the the having a place to land like when you're first starting out. Yeah, and you're not you know not ama- <laughs> you're not amazing, right? <laughs> first gig I ever had, I opened for a metal band called Dirt Nap. <laughs> yeah. How'd that go? Uh, no, shitty. It was terrible. It was yeah. terrible. <laughs> That's what's impressive about artists, right? <laughs> artists can bomb. Resilient. Like, yeah, like you guys are durable as all get out. I've been to comedy shows and to concerts where everyone's like staring at them like, really? Are they doing that on stage? <laughs> and they just keep doing it. And yeah. you you know that's not where they're ending. That's that's not it. They, but they have to, you almost have to bomb a little bit, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I mean, uh, we've talked about comedy a little bit. I when I was, Especially when I was living in Vancouver, uh, I was there for eight years. Um, I would go to comedy clubs, and I mean, it, was, it was almost just as entertaining to watch the guys die yeah. up there. You know what I mean? <laughs> it is. And they have, and I say that giving them the utmost respect because they don't. There's a, there's a safety that that comes with having an instrument, a guitar, or a bass, or whatever in front of you. Yeah, it's like there's the, it's a buffer okay. between me and an audience. It's like a warm blanket. Do you ever play or sing without your guitar? Uh huh. Yeah. And it feels different. Yeah, it feels different. I, I mean, I love having my hands free to talk like an Italian. <laughs> be ex- yeah, like knock over <laughs> shit on your desk here. But like uh, to be expressive, yeah, yeah. and uh, and it, because they can be they can be uh, tools of of the of the art as well of, of performing. But um, no, no, please give me the guitar back as soon as possible. Really? Like I'm I'm very used to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not even I'm not a good guitarist. I'm not. Yeah. Um, I, I know all the chords and I strum them as fast as I can. <laughs> Smoke and mirrors. Yeah, you're singer songwriter. Yeah, that's yeah, that's your that's your bread and butter. I'm from the streets, Chad. <laughs> I'm street learned. That's awesome. I got uh, I got a few friends that are like these phenomenal artists. Um, Brendan Burgess, uh, who I met here in Ontario, he's gone now. He's in Ontario now. But if you would watch that guy on a guitar mm-hmm. or drums or a keyboard, I'd quit, or, wouldn't I? He he will blow you out of the water, but has no desire. And I'm not mean in a competitive way. Like sure. you'll, you'll he'll blow your mind on yeah. how good he is at at everything he does. No one will ever see who he is. No one will ever hear him other than his close friends. He has no desire to like put the effort in for an album or to to be a, a guitarist for somebody. So he's smart. Maybe <laughs> I don't know because yeah, there's a lot of guys like that. They just enjoy it. Yeah, and and uh, I don't know. Maybe if he had to do it in front of a crowd or large crowd, he, he couldn't perform it. I, I'm not sure, but he's a phenomenal guy. He's great at everything he does. Yeah, and he just saves it for the people he loves. There's nothing wrong with being a hobbyist. Yeah, music's a great hobby. Yeah, and uh, you know, I was talking about like when I take December off. Yeah, I find that you know as the month kind of passes through. Um, I start kind of getting squirrely and I want to play again, you know? <laughs> yeah. And the first few days that I play, I feel like the hobbyist again. Yeah. Like why I picked it up in the first place. Yeah. You know, I mean, you get, get to the end of like your year end and you're just like, I need a fucking break. I need a break. Yeah. And, um, yeah, by the time it comes, you start picking it up again and you're like, oh, oh, I really love this. Yeah. I love playing guitar. Yeah. I love writing songs. And, uh, and here we are January and that's why I feel like kind of motivated to 
you know, say yes to as many like interviews as possible. I feel motivated to get, usually January, everybody's hungover. Nobody wants to, you know, from the gluttony of Christmas, right? Right, Yeah. Um, And uh, I'm just like, I'm, I'm I'm tired, but I'm good tired already. Like I'm just, I cannot wait to face the rest of the year. That's beautiful. Yeah. I love that. It's tough to get people ambitious about life. I was reading a study that was talking about, I'm trying to remember exactly what the numbers is, but something like 60% of men don't like what they do for a living. 60%. Like it's it's, yeah, it's a mean, big number. Like they 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 hate their what they do for most of the day. Like they can come home and love their family and their yeah. hobbies and all that, but for 8 10 hours a day they hate what they're doing. And we only got one life. And only one life. And you're yeah. going to spend yeah. a third of it, minimum a third of it, hating what you do? Not this cowboy. <laughs> I guess not. No. no. No, I can't. I can't do it. Um, I don't know if my, like, you know, I don't know if my dad loved his job. Um, I know that, like, we never went without. Right. But that's a, those those things are not mutual, mutually exclusive. No. Um, so, I mean, my dad made more money than I'm making. Yeah. Um. And that's okay, right? That's uh, you know we're we're doing okay, um, and I mean like I haven't had a quote unquote straight job since two thousand and seven. Yeah, and um, that's that's due in part to the family I come from. That's due in part to uh, like a super supportive wife, you yeah. know. Um, but I just can't I can't have this one time existence. And I don't know how long it's going to be, right? <laughs> right. I could go tomorrow. Right. Um, I can't waste it. Right. I can't waste it doing working for somebody else. Right. You know? Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with it. I think working for somebody else is okay. I think that you just need to be in an industry that you can be excited about, doing yeah. a job that, that you like to show up for, um, you know, have some challenges inside there, like the factory worker that fills the box full of screws. I don't know how he doesn't slit his wrist every day. Like just that monotony of the exact same thing all If that day guy's long. listening right now, though. Sorry. <laughs> um, Chad doesn't mean that. Yeah, don't, don't slit your wrists. No. Uh, Go find a better job. Well, just do, yeah. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> How do we turn the car around on this one, Chad? All right, I'm going to ask you a different question. So, uh, I did a podcast with Trevor Moore uh, last week or the week before. Who's that dude? The comedian, okay. uh, magician type oh, right, dude. Right, right. Okay. Awesome guy. Um, inspirational speaker. But we were talking about success, and he says, I was asking him how he defines success, which I'm asking you now. It's one of those questions, you know. It's like it's it's not a like, well, if I get this amount of money in the bank or, you know, if my wife is this happy or if I do this many no. dates this year. No, no, none of those things. Right. Um uh and I think I'm getting you know what? I'm I actually do think I'm getting close to success. Nice. In that I'm finally just kind of I'm, I'm okay with all of it. Yeah. Um I spent so much time all the way into the mid thirties and and up to thirty, maybe thirty seven, thirty eight, uh, up, up up until like yesterday, maybe maybe it was just <laughs> a week yesterday. Ago Tuesday, yeah, we could go Tuesday. I was a miserable. Uh, just yeah, no, I, I just think that my cup has been half empty for so long. I've always wanted to be like, I, I'm embarrassed to say, but I was very competitive. Yeah, I would look at like a like a sweet folk like Calgary Folk Fest. Yeah. Carrie Clark, um, <laughs> she's the curator. Um, but I, you know, I would look, I would look out, I would look at Calgary Folk Fest, and I'd look at the uh, at the at the bill, and I'd go, 
well, fuck, how come not me? Right. Why not me? Yeah. And I'd look at like uh, like an opening spot. Somebody cool was coming to town on Vancouver Island, and and uh, you know somebody who's awesome, totally deserving. Yeah. And I'd go fuck that guy. <laughs> you know what I, w- I would internally though. I totally know what you're talking about. And and only really really recently, and am I like that's all bullshit? Right. Like I just it I I. I'm playing sweet shows too. Yeah. You know, there's somebody else looking at you going, why isn't it me? 100%. Right. And, um, I'm embarrassed to say how long it took me to figure that out. Yeah. So that is, that is success. Yeah. I know it's kind of (laughs) cliche, but it really, it really, some cliches are cliches for a reason. Right. Um, so I, I just am really trying to enjoy the process of it more. Um, I'm listening to a lot more Frank Sinatra. Ooh. Uh, and that makes me happy and successful. Uh, and, uh, I'm, I, I'm hiding my quirks and and weirdness less and less every day and flying my freak flag more. Ah, totally agree. That's it. I, uh, it makes my kids very, very angry, but if I'm in the mall and I hear a good song, I'll sing along to it. And I suck at singing. In the mall? In the mall. Walking down... Cross Iron Mills Mall. There's 200 people around us, and I'm singing out loud. Just it's been like, one week, you know. <laughs> I don't sound one? nearly that good, but I'll do that song. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so uh, yeah, like there, there, there comes a time in your life when you realize that what other people think really don't matter. You don't want to hurt people's feelings. You don't want to. You don't want to make other people feel bad. But you can't care what they think about you. They're on their own journey, and you're on yours. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you just got to uh, be happy with where you're at and look at where your goals are and keep working towards those. Trevor said something to me that um, really hit home when he, I asked him about his definition of success. And he's like, I don't know. I have no idea what success is going to be. He goes, I don't care if I'm successful. I want to be significant. I went, oh, that's important. Man, I hope I can say something that <laughs> that profound. You have. There's been lots. We'll, hmm. If not, we'll edit it in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's right. Right? He's, he's it, right, absolutely. To be significant to your family, to be significant to your friends, to be significant in your industry, whatever it is, yeah. right? You know, I do mostly construction, but I, I want to be good enough at podcasting that I can be significant to another podcaster or to the, to the guest. Yeah. And I think if that's our goal rather than finances. Yeah, I, I do believe that that, you know, and how do I say this? My finances improve every year. So until they start backsliding, right. I'm going to keep going. Right. You know? It's working. It is working. Right. Um, and some years slower than others. Yeah. Um, but it's getting better every year. So keep keep plowing away. Keep hustling. I was having, um, I I hit a couple of, cl- we, we call them clams in the biz. Okay. I hit a couple clams <laughs> last night, Chad, um, AKA kind of sour notes, right? Yeah. They were just, I wasn't singing my best, a few songs in. Yeah. Um, and then I played... Um, uh, this new song that's not recorded yet, and it's called uh, "Things You Need to Know." Okay, and uh, that's interesting. Need to know. Need to know. I want to know. I want to know. Um, so uh, I, I saw at the back of the room I, that the song was working because there was this this the song. In short, I shouldn't even be talking about the song. It's not even out yet. <laughs> but I mean, I can't. When I write a new song, I got to play it. Right. I got to play it live. I got to get the feedback right away. Yeah. Um, so I'm playing this song and essentially the song is like a love letter to all three of my kids. If I were to pass away today, you know, and it's kind of darkly comic, like there's lines in it, like, um, 
It's like a checklist. So like, uh, treat a visa like a friend. <laughs> you know, pay that sweetheart back as fast as you can. Yeah. Don't shave your face sideways. <laughs> don't eat the worm on Friday. Ooh, you know, don't eat the worm, dude. That's a good advice. All of these things, are, it's like a checklist. So yeah. um, I kind of think it's like almost a comic song. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm singing it so earnestly that this girl starts crying in the back of the room last night. Oh wow! Because it's reach it's reaching her in some way. Yeah. So no matter how many sour notes I was hitting earlier, yeah. they were washed away by that song. I'm like, okay, right, back on track. <laughs> we're still working. Yeah. This is you're still doing this. Yeah. I think there's this unrealistic expectation of artists, uh, singers, songwriters, comics, any kind of performer at all, that you have to be the 100% uh, perfect every single time, which is impossible for a human to do. Yeah. Right? Like you you hear comics bomb and it was like, oh, that guy sucks. Well, maybe he's just trying out something new. And when's the last time you tried something new? You know, you just show up, go to your job uh, five days a week and you drink with your buddies on Saturday and you maybe go to church on Sunday and then Monday you go back to your job. You do the same damn thing every day of the week and you never put yourself out there. Right. And artists do it all the time, constantly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, my my mistakes are legendary <laughs> in, in my own mind. I mean, yeah, um, I've, I've uh, you know, shit the bed in, some, in front of some some huge people, influential people that um, could have, if I was amazing (laughs) that day, that my life might be in a different spot. But you cannot, you cannot dwell on that. No. Um, If, if I, if I wasn't awesome, you know, in front of the agent Ralph James years ago, um, which I wasn't, um, then I wouldn't, I wouldn't be kind of where, I wouldn't be writing the same kind of material I'm writing now. I mean, he's like a, he's like a heavy rock agent yeah. You know, and I, I remember, I remember he was, uh, he came, Kathleen got, got, uh, in case, in case everybody's like lost where we're at, yeah. Kathleen's my wife and right. my manager. Right. It's an interesting dichotomy of a relationship. Working with a husband or wife is, is challenging regardless of the industry. Well, once in a while I have to like, not once in a while, all the time I have to be like, take uh, honey, I'm wearing the husband hat right now <laughs> or like, honey, I'm client and I'm pissed off. Yeah, you know, and this is why. So it's tough. Yeah, because um, it'll bleed in. Yeah, no matter. There's no way you nope. can avoid it, right? It's exactly. Gonna, they're going to overlap. Yeah. Um. So yeah, she got this guy Ralph James to to come and see me play at the uh, Western Canadian Music Awards in 2008, and uh, I was I was morbidly bad. <laughs> it was as bad as I could possibly be. Did you know it when you were doing it? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No yeah. doubt. Yeah. I mean, like I, I was still, you know. Um, this all of a sudden, two thousand eight's a long time ago. Yeah, um, it doesn't doesn't seem or sound like it, but yeah, I uh, I did everything that could have gone wrong. What was wrong? I was performing bad. The sound guy, <laughs> I'm not going to put it on him, okay? But this yeah. guy, this guy was screwing up the Lord's prayer. Like it was like <laughs> he couldn't make one guy in six strings sound good. Unbelievable. Um, so I'm not like putting it on him, okay? Yeah. But um, you know, he he can go down in flames with me. Yeah. I don't remember his. Na- I don't remember his name or anything. You but. know who you are. You you should phone and apologize. Yeah, no, no. It's just it was just a bad show. And then I saw Ralph in the lobby of the host hotel the next morning, yeah. and I tried to walk up and do damage control. And I said, uh, Ralph, you know, uh, um, 
Listen, Sorry, I thank you. A big bag of dicks last night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I go, I go, Ralph. Uh, thank you so much for coming to see me play, and uh, you know I'll be better next time. And before I could even get that sentence out, he's like, "I'm not gonna lie to you, kid. It wasn't too fucking good." <laughs> you know, and it was good because I needed, I needed that though. It's yeah. all part of, it's all part of my story. Yeah. Um. So you know, I flew home from Edmonton back to Vancouver Island with my tail between my legs, and I got home, and I. I you know, hated myself for a couple of days and did some good drinking, and and then and then all of a sudden, you know what? A couple of years go by, and you're writing better songs, and you've become a better performer. And now, fast forward, it's 2019, and I'm still doing it, and I'm doing it for a living. Right. Yeah. Supporting the family, yep. paying bills, all that stuff. Everything is okay. Yeah. But I needed him to tell me I was shit that day. Yeah. Because I, I, even though I knew I was, I needed somebody in the business to confirm it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. You suck. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think uh, that that's where, I guess, success comes from. It's people that evaluate themselves regularly. You look at it and go, yeah, I, I, I sucked last night. I, I'm not going to do that, whatever it was. Again, I'm not yep. going to, you know, and I, I have it at my job and I have it as a dad and as a husband. There's times I say things and I'm like, what? hell did I say that to my wife? I'm never <laughs> going to do that again. Mm-hmm. Or you think you're really smart when you say it. Like, oh, I got this in the bag. I can win this fight. You just go yeah. and blurt it out, and then you realize, yeah, you're, you're a dumbass. Keep reevaluating. Yeah. Keep re- and, and you know what? And another thing for me, too, and it was it was hard. It was hard for me because, I mean, I, I'm, I, I do have that competitive spirit. But when, you know, I was, we were talking about other artists nurturing other artists, every once in a while, the best ones, mm-hmm. the best ones will come up to you, and they'll say, you know this one thing you're doing? Yeah. It's not working. <laughs> and instead of going, well, hey, man, fuck you, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, don't get all, don't get all upset. Take what they said. Yeah. And in, advice is advice. Right. Take the, take the best and leave the rest. Right. So take what you think applies to you. Yeah. And, and uh, if you, if you are able to look inward yeah. and really go, maybe that's not, maybe that one thing I'm doing isn't landing yeah. on an audience. And, uh, it's you're gonna be you're gonna better yourself a thousand percent of the time. Yeah, and not all great people give great advice either, right? <laughs> oh yeah, I know. <laughs> you know <like laughs> someone coming in, hey, you should really do this. Uh, really seriously evaluate that and go. Yeah, I uh, I remember <laughs> when I was uh, doing MMA and and training in it and thinking about being a pro fighter and stuff like that. People would come in and say, hey, you gotta you should try this, and you go into the ring or the the the, the sparring rounds. And the octagon. The octagon. I never fought in an octagon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sorry, I just want to say that. But you go and you give it a go, and it sucks. You get your face caved in or kicked in the teeth, whatever it is, Man. and you're like, why did I listen to that guy? And he could be the best guy, and it worked great for him. And, yeah. and so that's why he thinks everyone needs to do it. But what it works great for me isn't necessarily going to work great for you, right? So I get advice on the podcast. We get people, you know, uh, luckily I haven't had too many trolls, uh, but people come in and but say- But you get a few, don't you? Uh, you get the odd person. Honestly, right <laughs> now, it's just it's people I, I know. They're like- like, oh, oh, you you talk too long, or you interrupt too much, or you're like, yeah, maybe. And I think about it, and I try to, you know, we we try to make this a conversation, and that happens in conversation. So how much am I going to fight about those little things, right? But you you listen to somebody like uh, uh, Joe Rogan or another comic or something sure. like that, and they're killing it, yeah. and he's like, oh, this is what I do, and I'm like, oh, I'm not doing that. Maybe I should start doing that. Let's let's try just because it's working for somebody else. Sure. Yeah. I think when you're starting out anything like this or, or relate in relation to this, I think you're going to try on a bunch of different hats. Yeah. And then ultimately you're going to land 
on your own voice. Yeah. And and you're going to find and you and it's going to be a blend of of your influences and things that you think are cool. Yeah. But um the best the best that you're going to be is when you you are your true authentic self. I agree. Yeah. I think that's what they're designed to be. I uh, I wanted to ask you too about trolls. I brought it up. Do you do you get a lot of that social media trolls? No. That's good. No, I don't. Um <laughs> every you know actually a couple of weeks ago I had a, like a case of mistaken identity. <laughs> Like somebody just sent a message to the wrong guy. You know what I mean? (laughs) To my like Facebook page. Yeah. And it was like, uh, how could you fucking treat my daughter like that? I'm going to come and cave your head in. It was was like super violent. Like he was threatening my life, you know? Yeah. And so uh, the funny part is, is that I don't respond to to those things. Yeah. But um, my management... It's my wife. It's my wife, right? <laughs> yeah. I put money on Kathleen any day. She'll, well, for sure, kick someone's ass. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, like, it's when you say like instead of like like my wifeager. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna say that, <laughs> but we say like my management. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like we're like a team. Yeah, it's such a joke. Um, but like, yeah. So she she just uh, she said, okay, um, thank you for you know. It was like super professional. Yeah. Please please refrain from sending you know these types of messages. Um, this is not our. That's yeah. not you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how it happened. You know, but yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't get a lot of uh, trolls. I think there are like there's a small conglomerate of people in my hometown that that. Uh, you know, aren't buying what I'm selling. Yeah. Um, that, um, cause like for every amount of people that want to see you succeed, th- for whatever reason, people are going to go, I'm not buying that fucking guy. Right. I just don't, yeah. I don't believe I him. I remember Ryan, he sucked. And, yeah. Yeah. you know, he, uh, I don't even know how he got that dad. His dad paid for everything. Sure, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever yeah. it happens to be. And, and for, there's a myriad of reasons why, but I mean, uh, yeah, there's like a few people that are they're always fairly close, but they just are like I'm I'm dead to them and they're dead to me. So they don't say anything online and yeah. and uh, I appreciate that. Yeah, you got to stay away from those negative people, not yeah. buy into it, right? Constructive criticism is is fantastic. Sure. Well, if someone's just yeah. a negative dickhead then yeah, you yeah, yeah. got to close that door. No, I've been really lucky. Um I'm I don't know. I'm trying to be like I said, I'm trying to be a better person all the time and and I think that when you come across as someone who's really just I don't know, trying to be a better artist and make the world a better place and trying to give something to, you know, the grand, the, 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 the earth, universe, the universe. Or, I'm just yeah. trying to um, write and sing songs that I believe in and to try and make people, uh, to try and evoke positive reactions. Yeah. Whether they're, whether it's laughter, whether it's, um, uh, connect connecting on on the loss of a loved one, or because I, I, I love writing about death. <laughs> no, I really do. I just well, because I think it's one of the most interesting things that we're faced with. We're born, yeah. and and we all kind of just walk around a little bit sad because we know that there's an, the the inevitability of death ahead. I, I listen to a lot of psychologists, <laughs> Jordan Peterson being the number one, and he thinks we're the only creatures on this planet that yeah. that are we know we're yeah. going to die. The lion doesn't know he's going to die. A dog doesn't know he's going to die. We know we're going to die. And we know there's going to be challenges and pain and, and all kinds of things in life. He goes, I don't know how more people aren't suicidal, like just, or depressed or anxious because, you yeah. know, we, we live this life that we know we're not getting out of. Yeah. You know, yeah. we all die in the end. We all lose our friends and our family. Yeah. And yet we're joyful. Well, some of us. <laughs> well, that, yeah. I mean, <laughs> when you when you really realize how how fast it all happens, 
then you start really u- using your time a little wise, more wisely. Yeah. You know, um, at least that's how I feel. And I think that that's, you know, the old cliche, the the uh, youth is wasted on the young. Yeah. You know, it's that's another truism. So if true. there ever was. Like, I didn't give a <laughs> shit about anything when I was in, the, in my 20s, no. you know? Drink until you don't feel feelings anymore and yeah. fall down. Eat yeah. until you hate yourself. <laughs> all that stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. And then you get, you get, well, you're not quite 40 yet, but uh, I truly, I give advice to anybody that are turning 40 and are upset about it. I'm like, life began at 40 for me. Like Is I that had, right? I had a different perspective on life six years ago than I do now, and it really was a turning point. 30 was too. I uh, I was depressed about being 30 and really? not being married. And, oh, okay. And I really thought I'd have a family by then, and yeah. like nothing had turned out the way I wanted to, and I just happened to be out for dinner with a bunch of people, and I was saying, like oh my 30th birthday's coming up and this sucks but that's keeping up with the joneses shit that is and that was the wrong perspective right and the guy the guy looked over at me and he was probably you know late 30s maybe early 40s and he's like dude life begins at 30 yeah and he just said it so convincingly that i went oh all right i guess it does and then things started changing around i met my wife and had kids and bought a house and you know things got got better and then even at 40 like people are you depressed i'm like no i think it gets better at 40 (laughs) are you depressed (laughs) who are these people how you doing are you feeling bad (laughs) well you know everyone's like oh my 40th birthday i was so depressed and i'm like and like are you feeling that and i'm like no no i I really think it's going to get better and it got better I think at fifty it'll get better. So you you think I should be cool about about this this impending forty thing? I think when's your fortieth birthday? October the nineteenth. So you're you're nine months away, eight months away. Oh yeah, eight months away. That's not. I got to get there first, don't I? True enough. Okay. Dri- driving snowy. I shouldn't put a jinx don't on. don't even I'm not even go do there. So when you turn forty, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, which you will make it, you're take a bunch uh, of small aircrafts between then. Yeah, with uh, Buddy Holly and everybody else. Yeah, great. Yeah, that. <laughs> That just know it's going to get better if you say that in your mind. How is it not going to get better? Yeah. Right? Yeah. The best thing that, that I can say, and I think we've touched on it a little bit, is that, yeah, I'm super comfortable in my skin these days. And, and uh, you know, everything you tell your kids as they get older, just be yourself. <laughs> right? Well, until you learn to do it. And, and why don't I take my own advice? Right. You know, it took me forever to take my own advice. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a, there's a power in that. Yeah. Um, you know, being able to look someone in the eye and um uh knowing that maybe you have something to offer. Yeah. And I just didn't you know, even though I was on stage, I didn't feel that. Yeah. Oh, this is getting super like where's the I should be laying on a couch telling you this, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'll write it down when I got my psychology degree. I'll phone you back and tell you what it meant. Okay, we'll do it again. All okay. Right. Sweet. Cool. The uh, I remember um, uh, another lady on a podcast was talking about all the great advice that people get, you know, like be yourself and work hard and all that kind of stuff. And when I was younger, I didn't really have those people in my lives that were encouraging me and building me up. And I got kind of yeah. mad. Even friends that I we were doing really good with financing and I was sucking at doing my finances. They never sat down and said, hey, Chad, let me, let me show you a better way of doing this, right? And then she said to me, she goes, well, would you have listened? Oh, yeah, probably not. I was a dickhead back then, so someone would tell me. I'm like, are you fucking stupid? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) There's a piece on uh, on my website. We just revamped my website and uh, (laughs) RyanMcMahon.com. We'll Uh, post it on after the show. Everyone gets to see it. uh, Yeah, awesome. Um, There's a so I did a piece on uh, all the records that I've released. Right, Um, six. 
yeah, in my career. Um, and so I just, I wrote about kind of the most important tracks that, that I think, yeah. you know, they are to me and, and one songs that I, I still uh, maintain a relationship with, yeah. AKA I still play live. <laughs> um, and, uh, I was talking about my first record in a proper recording studio, um, uh, album that I did in 2005, maybe 2006, but it's called Better Days Gone By, and it's, uh, you know, it's a mess. It's a, it's, you know, I, yeah, yeah, go out and buy it, but, but it's a yeah. mess. It's like, it's like, um, I'm, I'm like, as I mentioned, I was trying on all those different hats. So there's like right. punk songs, rock songs, yeah. folky acoustic songs, and like there's so many kinds of, of there's, I didn't know what my genre was yet, right. you know? Um, and, uh, and at the end of the at the end of the think piece, the paragraph, yeah. I write um, because I had all these great players. I don't know if you remember a band called The Odds, no. um, heterosexual man, and Eat My Brain, and uh, they're, they're kind of right. kind of big in the nineties. Come on, Chad, geez. Yeah, I'll do more research next time. <laughs> um, but I had some of the members play on my album, so I was yeah. surrounded by all these professional musicians, guys that were like it was like six degrees away from like the Tragically Hip and and uh, Our Lady Peace, and yeah. you know. Anyway, so I had all these good players, and I, I at the end of the paragraph, I just say that I absorbed as much from those people, right. those players, as uh, a mid-20s ego can. Right. That's so true. Right? Because yeah. at some point, I just stopped going, and then you go, no, no, I got this, and then you <laughs> then you start driving, except you're driving your career into the ditch because you're not listening enough. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I um, So that must have been when I first met or listened to you or saw you play. I was probably in 2006, 2007, somewhere around there. Yeah, I was just getting going. And people asked me, well, what's his music like? And I was like, um, he's kind of like this folksy uh, alternative rock, maybe? So that's what it was. Sort of like that's what my description of it back then was. What yeah. What are you playing now? What would you? How would you describe your music? Well, uh, folksy alternative <laughs> rock with like a dash of outlaw country, maybe. Nice. You know, um, and I didn't. I didn't find that on purpose. I just. Yeah. I just kind of have a little bit of uh, a drawl when I sing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I because I. I really kind of loathe new new country music oh, it's so just much. it's just really not my jam and you know what the funny thing is though is i've been around some of those musicians yeah and they are the nicest people in the music industry today yeah are are people from new country i'm not going to name any names <laughs> because just because i i maybe don't appreciate their art form yeah they're like the nicest people yeah is it easier to be nice when you got half a billion dollars in the bank uh i don't know <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know because I don't. Because I don't. I don't have it. Because I don't have it. I try to be really nice now. And, uh, yeah, and I don't have half a billion dollars in my bank. No, I mean, and I've had opportunities to kind of. Um, I'm not going to use the term sellout because I think it's a bullshit term. Right. Um, but I think I've, I've had opportunities to uh, round the edges of my sound to fit radio <laughs> a little more. Yeah. And. Uh, I, I I just I've tried and I just can't do it. Yeah. I, I I keep landing on myself, right? Which which is where you should be. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean. Would you sell out if someone said, "Hey, if you go sing this Britney Spears written song, sure, would you do it?" Well, she doesn't write songs, so that's not possible. Okay, or if some. Okay, so so what I have been doing, yeah, okay, <laughs> is because I'm as I am getting older, I want to get into the writing game. Yeah. So I can sell songs that I do not care about right. to uh, artists that are younger and prettier. There you go. Than myself. Cool. 
So I just wrote, I, I did a co-write with a producer named Winston uh, from, from Vancouver, and uh, I think the song is just called The Bar. Nice. And it's all about... Some young country song. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's called The Bar, and it's about a bar. Nice. You know? <laughs> And it's just so it's like deep. It's oh, real man. heartfelt. The chorus. <laughs> I've already sang to you. I'm not going to sing anymore. I think. Right. I think the lyrics are like, "I've gone down to the bar around the corner. <laughs> I never go very far from my home." It's like a Doctor Zeus song. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the rhyme scheme is so deep. Um, but I hope. I hope though. I hope that it's that it's. Um, you know what? I actually do think it's a good song. Yeah. It's just not a song that I would sing. Right. Um, and it's fun. It's a fun exercise to kind of write outside my comfort zone. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, hopefully it's, uh, <laughs> it's actually super fun to sing. Um, and if it becomes a hit, I'll sing it. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So I, uh, I try to challenge myself lots. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you just, you know, talking about challenging yourself by writing songs for other people that you, you yeah. know, sell, make a living, all that kind of stuff. Uh, one of the things that I, I'm, trying to do i haven't done it yet i haven't even got the courage to do it yet is to do a podcast by myself talk for an hour and a half two hours just on my own wow that's a a challenge to that i don't i'm not sure i'm there yet for it yeah but uh, what kind of challenges do you do you place on yourself do you do you sit down (laughs) with like artists like i had a tattoo artist the guy that did the uh i've got a viking coming out of a burning uh village on my chest holy shit chad (laughs) i really thought i was a viking and did you i spit in a jar and turns out i'm uh just british guy that's it a little bit of scottish (laughs) iberian in me and now you have this viking on your chest (laughs) (laughs) great and i wasn't even that Young when I had it done, but either way, he he would he would in the tattoo shop all the artists inside there. He would come in once a week and say, "Hey, you do skulls and you do vases and you do this and like let's find something that will challenge our artistic ability." So yeah. he's like, "Let's see who can do the best Mickey Mouse or whatever it happens to be." And he would always be challenging all the other artists inside there. So you. What do, yeah. yeah. What's what, your challenges? What do I do to challenge myself? Yeah. Um, oh man, <laughs> that's like it's like it's been this lovely conversation. Yeah, and now you're just like throwing you under the bus, way under like under uh, the multi wheeled bus too. It's gonna hurt <laughs> me multiple times. Um, hmm. I think that the biggest challenge, the big the biggest challenge for me right now has been mindset. Yeah, you know, and 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 maintaining the positivity, like. I just found out uh, a couple of days ago that I'm, I'm going to open for the Sheepdogs at this big festival up in uh, Fort Nelson, BC, called the Northern Lights Festival. Mm. Um, and that's a really good spot for me and my new band. Yeah. Uh, so Lion, Bear, and Fox going to be opening? No. Oh. Sorry, new band. New band. So, so when I say new band, it's like uh, these, these new guys I've been playing okay. with. <laughs> Lion, Bear, and Fox is still good. It's funny because... That's a six-year-old band, not a new band. That's exactly right. right. Yeah. I'm on board now. Okay. Um, try and keep up, Chad. Jeez. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that, you know, you get like a positive call, yeah. right? Or an email. And then, you know, the next night, then the next day, or even the next hour, five minutes later, you get something that maybe something's not going so well. Yeah. Maybe you've only sold 17 tickets in some market, right? <laughs> that you're headed to. Yeah. Maybe that market's Fernie tomorrow night. <laughs> All right, Fernie, step up your game. Come on, Fernie. <laughs> it's going to be a good show. Give me a chance. This actually won't even air until after you play No, I, Fernie, I know that. I know so, that. Yeah. You can say whatever you want about them. Uh, no, no. <laughs> I love ski towns. You, know, you awesome. and all your transients. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, so yeah, like what I'm saying is like maybe you can get like a negative email a couple couple minutes later or whatever. Yeah. And because of my personality and the way that I'm wired, that that would kind of cause me to be just like on this roller coaster of emotions. And by the end of the day, I'm just like tired and I can't give any anything to anyone else. Yeah. Um, much less than myself. Right. Um, and so I, I think just like I'm at a point where I'm I'm leveling out. Awesome. And go, yeah, cool. Okay, great. I got this good show. There'll be a few thousand people there. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, there's 17 at this next gig. Oh, that sucks, Dick. But whatever. <laughs> but whatever. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna I'm gonna make some lemonade. Yeah. Exactly. You know. Yeah. Um, Is there stuff that still gets you like really excited? Like you, we try to balance ourselves out so we're not overly excited about something. We're not. So if you're not overly excited, you're more than likely not going to be over upset, pissed off, depressed. <laughs> yeah. And you yeah. try to find this middle balance. But what's wrong with being overly excited about something? Uh, no, I mean, nothing. I mean, okay, uh, the last time I was overly excited, and it'll be the last time I'm ever, okay. <laughs> ever overly excited. Write this in stone. Yeah, I, um, okay, so a few years ago, I, uh, m- my wife and I went to see one of our favorite bands, and a lot of people in Canada might not know them. They're called Shovels and Rope. <laughs> Never heard They're of from uh, 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 Charleston. Okay. Um, and uh, they're married, and so we we have that connection yeah. with them, even though Kath doesn't join me on stage. Yeah, um, they're full of passion. They played Letterman just before Letterman uh, gave way to Colbert. Yeah, um, and they're like a country act, okay. but they're like super cool, like punk rock country. Yeah, they play really really fast sometimes, and they they sing about really dark things. They're not singing about trucks, jean shorts, and <laughs> fucking whatever bars. Yeah, bars. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. Uh, so we go to see them at this little club in Vancouver called the Media Club, and and it was an amazing show. And we met them, and we spent way too much money at the merch table, but we <laughs> felt like we had like a kinship. Okay, yeah. So then, fast forward a few years later, I'm in Lion Bear Fox. We fly to Denmark. We play a, uh, the Tuna Festival <laughs> in Denmark. <laughs> the Tuna Festival. Well, it's it's it it re- it reads Tonder like T O N D E R. Uh, yeah, but it's pronounced Tuna. Do you understand, Chad? Completely get it. Okay, so we go and we play Tuna Festival, and uh, Shovels and Rope are also in the bill. Nice. And some of my other heroes, like Loudon Wainwright III was there, and Lucinda Williams, and um, I'm a music fan. Yeah. Most of us are. Yeah. So when we meet these folks, it's hard not to get stoked. Yeah. But then, we so we go backstage, and we're at, we're at catering, right? And it's there's Shovels and Rope. And I'm like... Oh, now we're the same because we're at Tuna Festival. <laughs> like, I feel like they're equal, yeah. which is just fucking nonsense. It's nonsense. <laughs> yeah. So I go up to them and I just kind of like start talking really fast. Yeah. And I, in my head, I'm going, you're being a dink. You're being a dink. Stop talking. <laughs> stop talking. Stop talking. Stop talking so fast. Stop flipping out. Yeah. But I couldn't stop it. Yeah. I couldn't stop it. And then finally, when I, when I, when I just couldn't keep their interest at all, I was still talking, but they walked away. <laughs> they like walked away from me. You're talking to their backs a little louder, hoping they turn around. Yeah, like I was trying to like I was trying to because they brought their kid with them to the festival, right? And yeah. I was trying to like bond with them over because because I have kids too. Yeah, <laughs> I, I stop the I'll stop the accent. Sorry, but it's fun. To, it's a fun accent to do. It's awesome. Um, yeah. So I, I, that was like the last time 
that I can remember that I got really <laughs> overly excited. <laughs> yeah. I'm just not going to do it anymore. Yeah. Like, and, and it served me well. Like when I, the, the Burton Cummings show yep. that I was mentioning earlier, I was super chill and that made him super chill. Yeah. And I was allowed to like hang out in his green room. Yeah. So like I, I, I'm always internally stoked to open for people that have walked in the same footsteps beforehand. Yeah. Um, I, I'm always really stoked about playing um, really cool rooms. Um, you know, years ago I did the Horseshoe in Toronto for the first time. I mean, the Stones played there. Oh wow. The Hip played there. Yeah. You know, Blue Rodeo. Warren Zevon's one of my huge, like, one of my huge influences. Love Warren Zevon, a great songwriter. Yeah. Uh, he had been, been there, and they, you know, had a picture of him, and underneath his picture, they had the 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 soundboard tape. Yep. Of like where his, you know, track uh, channel one was his vocals, channel two his keys and yeah, stuff, yeah. and I just was like, I just stared at it for like fifteen <laughs> minutes, you know. So I'm a fan of of um. I, th- th- that stuff gets me going, but now I'm getting to an age where I feel like most of the time I'm in a room, I'm I belong there yeah. too, and I don't have to get yeah. You know, like maybe they should be stoked to be in my company. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, try to try to keep it level these days. I, uh, I I don't think I'm there yet. I get excited about even having you here. I was very excited. I had Robin Black on the podcast and some psychologists and stuff like that. Robin Black from the Intergalactic Rockstar. That's the guy. He was here sitting in my. Uh, my studio. Oh my God, he was sitting right where I was sitting right now? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. He's great. He, you know what? He really was. Uh, everyone said I was ridiculous. We were like four podcasts in, and I invite him on the podcast. And uh, he responds, he talks, he goes, yeah, I think I can make this work. I'm going to yeah. be in Calgary at this time. And he goes, would you mind driving me around? He was here for the <laughs> UFC. And I'm like, right, right. I'll, yeah, I'll take the day off work. And so I went and picked him up at the airport. I took him down to a hotel to watch the uh, TSN filming. He had a couple things to do down there. This is the part about being like, I, I couldn't talk to anybody. <laughs> I'm in there yeah. in the the kind of the outside room, and all the fighters are walking by. Joanna, John Jacek, Stephen Thompson, uh, DC. Uh, Do they have all their muscles with them? <laughs> Dude, you had stand next <laughs> to Joanna Janjacek. She is a monster. Like, I think I'm pretty fit, except unless I'm standing next to that woman. Then really, you, yeah, you feel like a turd standing next to her. I feel like a turd, anyways. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, cool. <laughs> she, they're they're walking, and Robin said, like, he says, take the opportunity, like talk to these people, ask them to be on your podcast. They're in town. Maybe you can get a couple out of them. Yep. I couldn't muster up the words that didn't make me sound like a four-year-old seeing Britney Spears. Really? Oh, I couldn't do it. I could be your agent. You should be. I'll just do it because I'm, I'm having a blast and I will tell every musician that I know Sweet. that when they should do Calgary, this. you're in Calgary, you got to call Chad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's awesome. I, uh, I think I'll be better at it now. I've got to meet a few personalities and celebrities and stuff like that and I'll be better at it. But yeah, I, I was up there and, and I felt like I'd lost this opportunity. Like, why didn't I talk to DC? He was right there. I, I could have reached over and put my hand on his shoulder. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And uh, he's an awesome guy. I'm sure he's sweet as all get out. You know, Din Thomas was there. Couldn't do it. So I'll be better next time. But yeah, do that over. That, uh, that excitement is hard to contain. Right? Yeah, it takes yeah. a little bit of skill set and, and um, I don't know, experience. Don't get ahead of, don't jump the shark. Don't get ahead of yourself. Right, yeah. But they're all people. Right. And they all... I know I feel weird because I know your family's like walking around the house right now. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but they've all um, they've all pooped that same day. Yeah, yeah, I know. just like you and me. That's I try to get that across to my kids. Like nobody is better than no. anybody else. It's just 
you know, I, I used to get mad, you know, hockey players make all this money and I'm as good at doing drywall as they are doing hockey. <laughs> right? <laughs> no one uh-huh. wants to watch me do drywall. But I need right? walls. I need those walls. Right. Yeah. There's, there's great people out there doing, uh, I can't do it. Hard jobs that, uh, don't yeah. get the recognition that a say a singer or a hockey player or MMA fighter does. Teachers. Teachers. I know that that's kind of like the, you know, the thing to say, but like teachers, first responders, like those those folks are like, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't they should know. be held up on a pedestal. I don't know how they. I don't know how they do it. I yeah. see the. I see the way that, especially young boys. Yeah. <laughs> like in grade three, just like standing up on desks and stuff. Yeah. I'm telling you, Chad, you get me in that room like one. Just give me five minutes. Yeah. Just give me five minutes. Pull all the blinds, okay? Okay. Pull all the blinds in that classroom. I want to hear this. That fucking kid's not going to be on the desk anymore. I'll tell you <laughs> yeah, right now. I know. But they're not there's, allowed to do that. There's no way I could be a teacher. No, I'd I, end uh, it. I would end it all. At our church, they're always asking for volunteers. And then like, Chad, do you want to go uh, volunteer in, uh, with the young kids? Yeah. Said, uh, no, 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 I don't. Why not? <laughs> I, I don't really like other people's kids. <laughs> I yeah. don't. Like, I just, I, my kids act the way I expect them to act most of the time. And Same. We, we, we got this, you know, they're good kids, they're well-behaved, they, uh, they excel at the stuff they do. Um, we have our downtimes, but I look at other people's kids and I'm like, you're a turd. You need <laughs> to get, I need to step on you or something like that because you're driving me up the wall. So I'm the wrong person to work in that industry and anyone that can sit in a room full of 30 kids with 30 different personalities good on them i have a hard enough time being nice to my audiences <laughs> and they paid to come see me right. you know uh well you know we're, we're an hour and 45 minutes in are we uh, really yeah that's, you told uh, me it would blow by it goes pretty stinking fast you've had enough so, of me now uh yeah i'm done i don't want to talk to you anymore what time is it oh man now what i'm all right we uh, i'll get you some lunch well uh really yeah i love lunch sweet so Tell everybody how they can find you. My name is Ryan McMahon. Yes, RyanMcMahon.com. Yep, yep. As the as the guy at the travel lodge in Golden, BC, said to me the other day, he, he and he said this with all sincerity. He's like, uh, "Are you related to the Vince McMahon from wrestling?" <laughs> That's a good accent. And I'm not. No, and there's I'm not. a few McMahons Am out I, there. Is that an accent that you're not allowed to do anymore? I would say, is that cultural appropriation? I don't like. I, I actually, I I'm, I'm asking. I'm not even being a smart ass about yeah. it. Yeah, I because I did the Germany Denmark thing five minutes ago. Right. Is that okay? I I thought they were awesome. I they were great accents. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Also, let's let's do this. So, anyone listening, uh-huh. if you're offended by Ryan, <laughs> how about you write a letter? Uh, you can mail it to yourself and then turn it up because we don't care. I'm not. Yeah, anything I ever say is certainly not based out of out of like hate. No, that's not, not that's all. not me at all. I not think that all. if anything, I think that we should be laughing at ourselves a whole lot more than we have been lately. Do you think there's people in India making fun of the Canadian accent? I don't know. I hope they are. I hope they are. Right. Oh, I'm gonna go out in the snow. <laughs> what do you think about that? Lord Thunderby. I know this is dumb. Uh, they don't do a good Newfie accent. Um, yeah, so my name my name is <laughs> if, if I haven't lost you already, my name is Ryan McMahon. I'm a songwriter, and I'm um, you know getting old as dirt. And uh, you should come and see me play. You should come and see them play. I've seen it. It's it's a good show. It's an excellent show. I loved it. When's the last time you saw me though? Like 2006, dude. I know. Okay, you Are got you playing tonight. Is it a house? Yeah, show? it's like a house. A private show tonight. But I'll yeah. be back. Um, I'll be back with my band at the Ironwood. In a few months. Okay. So here, let, let's make the deal. Okay. You come back to Calgary with your band. Yeah. You bring the band here. We'll do another podcast. You want to talk to my band? Sure. I, I've actually contracted the them are, not to speak. 
Oh, um, well, they can come <laughs> sit in a room with us then. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. And then uh, we'll come down and watch a concert. And then <gasps> uh, I'll brag it up on social media. Okay. Sweet. All right. That is I Want to Know with Ryan McMahon. I uh, I don't know what I actually was trying to get out of this uh, conversation, but it was awesome. Was it okay? It. it was phenomenal. Did I say anything as profound as that other guy? I think so. I'll re-listen to the podcast and uh, we'll highlight or cut out crap. <laughs> We don't do any editing. No. (laughs) All right. Thank you, everybody. Uh, Check us out on social media. Like and share our stuff and like and share Ryan's stuff. Thank you.